Welcome to Sisters Usaga, a sci-fi fantasy recap podcast. I'm MK. And I'm Libby. We're two sisters who love to discuss fantasy and sci-fi stories that transport us to worlds more magical than our own. We've noticed that the female perspective is often missing in the sci-fi and fantasy genres, both in the development process and in the fandom discourse. So we're going to examine both old and new epics through feminist colored glasses. This may lead to thirsting after unsuspecting characters with six-packs or throwing shade at sexist tropes that should have long ago been pushed through the moon door. We'll be dissecting all aspects of the films and shows we cover, so be warned, there are spoilers on the road ahead. In the very first episode of Sisters Who Saga, we are starting our deep dive into the Epics and Amazon Prime video series Britannia. Today we are covering Season 3, Episode 1. Before we dive in, we just wanted to mention that this episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. This is the first episode of our podcast. Sure. And I think it's kind of fun to dive into kind of like really quickly just Mm -hmm. like why we chose to do this. So we are sisters. We're about 10 years apart. I'm the older sister and Mary MK Mary Kate is the younger sister and she's always been really into film and TV and went to college for it and so and I always have loved it as well so that's something that we've connected on and we used to go on walks together and she would tell me about her latest show or movie that she was really excited about and had just seen. I want to clarify too for at least the Hunger Games you refused to see it. Oh yeah. Because it was children being murdered and so that's why I had to tell you about it. Was that it? Okay. Yeah. You like what you like couldn't handle it and I was like what's the big deal like I'm 16 they're 16 they die it's whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And then I watched it as an adult, and I was like, this is horrifying. Sure, yeah. But, like, as a 16-year-old, I was, like, the same age as her. I was like, this is chill. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, I just, like, wasn't having it and wasn't going to see it. I think I eventually did watch one or two of them, but we basically spent the entire walk with you recapping the entire, like, Hunger Games movie, and it was just really fun. Like, I loved being able to, like, hear the whole story without actually having to... (laughs) to sit down and watch it I think also we're both just big fantasy okay well I'm a big fantasy fan but I'm not as much of a sci-fi fan and you are mm-hmm. and basically you woman handled mm-hmm. man handled me into including sci-fi in this correct and I think that could be an interesting dynamic because sure. it could be like I don't want to watch this, but I really liked it. Or like, I don't want to watch this and I hate it. Right. And you're like, this is so good. So we'll see what happens. But totally. Um, I think we have different tastes sometimes. Sometimes we like the same things, but we do have like different genres that we are drawn to that maybe the other person isn't, which will make it interesting and it'll force us to, like you said, like watch things we might not normally watch. I think this podcast too has made us realize how like how different our fantasy interests are when mm-hmm. we like previously like thought they were the same and we're like oh we actually bring two very different you know perspectives, perspectives and preferences which yeah. makes it kind of interesting because we're not just like oh we like all the same things right and we have all the same opinions 
Right. And we're different generations. Like I'm Did we mention that? Geriatric millennial. <laughs> and I'm cusp Gen Z but millennial. Sure. Like I'm like I was born 95 and or and Gen Z starts 96. Okay. So it's like Got at it. least as far as I know, I feel like all the rules for that are very murky, but um and I've always obviously identified as a millennial because I'm the youngest have three older siblings who are millennials. Sure. So my culture that I grew up in is very millennial. Right. Not we Gen made Z. you. We yeah. You made me who I am. Created unfortunately. you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're 10 years apart. So that also brings different perspectives. Yeah. Like I feel like some of the stuff you like is like a little YA to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, And some of the stuff I like, I feel like for you is like kind of boring history oh, yes. stuff. Yes. Like I love. I do think that's more personality than age, but that but fair. The, but the YA stuff is definitely age. Yeah. But I think with the history stuff, I think anyone my age could be interested in that. I'm just that's just not as much my interest. Yeah, yeah. But you're like very into like old history, and I'm like, where the witches at, though? But there were witches then. I know, but like, mm-hmm. I don't care as much about like if it was based in reality. Sure, sure. No, that's or fair. not. Yeah. So on that note, we decided to start with Britannia, which is definitely leans more Libby in yeah. terms of like content. It's this is a Libby historical show fantasy. It's historical fantasy, and so like, and that's kind of the cool part for me is like it's based on the Druids, which were an English people, the people who lived in England, yeah, or Britain. We'll get the technical terms down as we go. Sure. <laughs> And so, but they didn't write anything down. So we really don't actually know much about the Druids. So very well, some of the stuff happening in the show could have been. Could be true. True. We don't know. So that's kind of the element that I like is they didn't, you know, it could be true. Could be true. I'll just give a quick uh, reason for why we chose to start with season three. So... Season three is just coming out. The air date for this episode was January 16th. So we didn't quite get to start that week, but we're trying to kind of make up for that. We'll try to release two episodes a week until we catch up so that it's a little more real time uh, for people, all of the many people listening to this Mm -hmm. podcast, Mm -hmm. so that they can be experiencing the week by week episodes with us I think that's kind of the most exciting thing about listening to podcasts for me is like watching a show that comes out every week and then while you're waiting for the next one to come out listening to different podcasts and reading different things to kind of like help you stay in the world and like consider more about what's happening and think about what's happening next and reliving what had happened so that's kind of why we're doing it this way and then we'll go back and recap seasons one and two uh, after this uh, season three so we're starting off with season three but just if you want to know just generally what this show is Britannia is the story of the Roman invasion of Britain in 43 AD that forces rival kingdoms to join forces so that's like the most vague like mm-hmm. season one descriptor basically but it's overall what the show's about. Yeah. Um, and we're going to start our recap on season three, episode one. Libby, it's all you. Okay. So the episodes don't have names. So this is just episode one. Uh, it opens with Alice. 
Alice. How do yeah. you say it? Alice. Alice Platius back in Rome. So it's a flashback, basically, 12 years before the invasion of Britannia. It's a really kind of sweet scene of him playing with his young son. It's one of those scenes that is so sweet. You just kind of know that something bad is going to happen. It's like too good to be true. Also, we know he doesn't have a son in Britannia. So I must be dumb. I really didn't. I didn't necessarily see something bad coming. I was like, oh my God, there's going to be a new character and it's going to be Alice's son and he's going to like come to Britain and like he's going to be hot and like I was really excited. (laughs) He's going to be so hot. And then, yeah, so I was just like, wow, this is a new character. It's so exciting. Libby was like, bad things are to come. I was like, this kid is going to die. So they're play fighting with wooden swords and Alice lets his son win. It's really cute. They talk about war and battle and... They're like laying on the roof looking at the stars and they're kind of talking about the little boy's mother who seems to have passed away and it's implied that Alice's wife has died because his son asks if he will ever marry again. And then he doesn't really have time to answer that because Q Hempel, basically, this character, walks up to the building where they're stargazing and the look on Alice's face is one of dread. He later leads his little boy to a chapel where Blaine Hempel's main dude I don't she's like his her assistant or something slash lover are they lovers it seems like it oh okay oh maybe that's in a different episode though that she insinuates that okay he like takes the little boy away and this part was really hard because I have kids and I'm like this is not good and yeah the little boy is like dad i'm scared and i basically like cried yeah i literally wrote like i wonder how libby took this part (laughs) it was awful um i am childless by the way sure and libby is not that's why i wondered that yeah i just feel like this was like a really dark turn and like a really dark way to open this season like, I feel it. Yeah. like the rest of the show hasn't been like this. So it was a little disappointing to like a start on this note. I was like, I was wondering, I was wondering what you were going to think because you didn't even, we're not even there yet. Oh, sorry. So um, basically, Hempel's acolytes blow smoke in his, the little boy's face and he passes out. And then they take him to the altar and Hempel and her cult of Laka basically sacrifice him. Other than, be, other than be, it being horrific, it's, kind of a cool looking ritual with (laughs) acolytes like rocking back and forth and like matching robes and Hempel is like amazingly gorgeous in like this red outfit with a corset thing um and beautiful makeup and I was like wow that's kind of cool except for the part where like they're killing a kid eating eating that child they don't show that part yet though right now it's just they show her stab the kid oh my god I'm so sorry god (laughs) (sighs) no but okay so yeah, that part comes I wrote, later. I wrote, okay, so we're starting out with child murder. I see how it is. It it was very jarring. Yeah. To watch like an adorable little boy just be like murdered. It was it was a rough start. Yeah. For sure. I, I mean, luckily they they didn't really show it, but like it's implied, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, at least Alice like looked sick. He oh, looked yeah. like he was gonna cry. He was like, but he let it happen. So. Yeah. He did not seem happy about it. No, but he didn't stop it either. So yeah, I was excited to see like what the new opening credits music yeah. would be. It yeah. seems to be I like thought. the same, like visual. some of the same footage. Yeah, they usually add in some new footage. Okay, 
I just want to say that it's my least favorite song so far. That's fair. Season, the other two were amazing. Season of the Witch mm-hmm. was season two. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. I can't wait to talk about how they like just put that song in every episode. It felt like really like they put like they had it in the theme song, obviously, but then they would also put it like mm. in other parts of the episode, and I'd be like, okay, we're we're doing this again. We get the theme, but I liked yeah. it. I was like, but I'd never like seen that really before, where they just like reuse their theme song in this in the episodes and stuff. But oh, okay. um, and then the first season, it's Hurdy Gurdy Man, yep, and that was great in terms of like vibe for like, sure. It was perfect. Yeah, it was. It's kind of unexpected, it. I feel like, because like you would think it would be like some epic, you know, ancient sounding piece, you I know, like, like instrumental it. with like a woman in the background, like speaking Norwegian or something, you know, with just the way the show is. Yeah. But I love that it's kind of edgy in that way that it has like. It weirdly feeds into to like the very like comedic tone of the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Like it isn't. I feel like it's not like self-serious enough mm-hmm. to do like a. For sure. Ah, I don't yeah <laughs> like, I don't even know what you're exactly what you're picturing but like no that was it yeah yeah like I don't I don't think it's like I think yeah it's more like I would agree with you up until like this season I feel like yeah. it's like suddenly very dark and dramatic almost and I'm like what's going on this is annoying but yeah like but with I, everything happening with Hempel and Alice and like Laka things are getting yeah things are escalating yeah um but this season it's a song called children of the revolution by mm-hmm. t-rex and i yep. just i'm not as big of a fan of it that's all i have to say i am nostalgic for it it was in billy elliot i loved it in billy elliot a lot it was used really well in that movie and then it was also in moulin rouge mm, i don't remember okay i don't remember it being in there i'm so sorry typical <laughs> it's not one of the ones you weren't even born yet um <laughs> Not one of the ones that I have in my musical playlist. What? It's so good. It is a good, I I mean, it is a good show or song, but I agree. It's the third best out of, out of the ones I've used. Let's keep moving here. We open the show in Southeast Britannia three years after the invasion. Alice is getting awarded for taking the fortress of Iska, which is Amina's family digs um, that we saw like at the end of last season. Mm -hmm. She seems cool with it all, though all the terrible things that went down with like her family and stuff. So it seems a little odd that she's so chill. Um, Despite getting a new gold sword with his name on it in private after the big party ends, Alice is very angry. He's clearly better that he hasn't found Kate yet or like the chosen one, quote unquote, and that Varen and his brother have not delivered. I love that he says, those pompous, skinny-ass brothers. <laughs> like, he isn't, a, like, the most pompous person of them all. <laughs> but Amina is clearly, kind of, like, confused and doesn't really understand the importance of Kate. She asks what the girl has done, and Alice says it's what she will do. I feel like Amina plays the role of the audience a little bit in this because, like, with her ignorance about all of this, because, honestly, I don't really get, like, exactly... Why he's so obsessed with Kate or like what's going to happen. I don't think there's like detail. I don't think he has details. I think he just knows like she is, if they have her, like he's going to be defeated. Okay. That, that's, that's all I understand, I guess. Yeah. It's just Um, so vague, but. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to say that Amina looks like fully Roman at this point Mm. and she didn't in the other seasons. 
but I noticed like her her outfit and her hair was like so like Roman to me. Yeah, and I can it see that. Was more so than the other seasons. She's like transformed more. I also wanted to just say that Amina as a character to me is confusing because I feel like at this point I should like know how I feel about her and I still don't. Like I still am not like oh I love her now like she was terrible in the beginning and she was like the worst and now I, she's great and I'm just like oh she was terrible in the beginning and now I'm like what I don't know how I feel about you like I feel very meh do you feel bad for her with like everything that happened with her family and stuff yeah I mean obviously that was terrible but I'm like if you're not okay I'm thinking maybe this season I'm gonna be like liking her more because if she's gonna be like kind of like a person on the inside Mm -hmm. trying to take down everybody I'm like so in for that and I think I would like her a lot more and I think last season I kind of thought that's what she was gonna do and she definitely didn't like she didn't have any interest in that I feel like she was just like doing whatever he wanted yeah and like I don't know I I get it more now like I get her as a character more now I get why, more why she is the way she is, but I don't have, like, this, oh, my God, sh- I love her character type of feeling. Yeah, I don't either. She takes the opportunity to claim her allegiance to him and Rome, saying that what happened in Iska was NBD. I'm like, okay, girl, whatever. <laughs> but um, he notices his new sword is gone and replaced by a wooden cross in the sheath, and he Shit. seems to know that. That means that Lucius has been there. Is it because of the cross? That's Must there? be. And it, and it shows Lucius riding away with the sword and like throwing it into a tree stump outside of camp. Okay, so then we see Kate training in the woods. She's carving crosses in the trees. I don't really get that like cross reference, like crucifix. Why? Yeah, I don't, I don't either. She's having, but she's basically practicing target practice with knives, I think. You know um, what? You know what I just thought? What? I feel like this season they're trying to be like, we're going from druids to Christianity people. Mm. And so they're like setting up, in my mind, like they're setting up Kate to be like Christianity oh. spokesperson. But she's not. I know, but. She might be. I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't think of that. Kate is the future and the future is Christianity. Because oh. the druids are. Bye bye. That's true. We'll see. I'm pretty impressed by like how badass she's become though thinking about like her journey from season one she's like yeah super cool now really strong female character it looks like she's a lot of hair it's a lot of hair i think she needs to braid it or something she has beautiful hair it's gonna get in her way i want her to chop it off no 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 she's fine (laughs) um i think she's on her way to the druids is that what we're thinking i think that's where she's going i had no clue at the time Anyways, cut to the crazy-ass druids doing what they do. They're doing, like, a naming ceremony for poor, confused uh, Phelan, who's very much the comedic relief in this episode, and I love him very much. Yeah. Lots of LOLs with him. He gets a new novice name, Quant. 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 And, like, his son is there, and he's like, Not now, love. Daddy's getting runes carved in his head. Him and his son are really cute. He's delightfully nonchalant and easygoing about it all. I will say that as a mother, I enjoyed like the sweet father figures in this episode. Granted, Alice ends up 
letting his kid be sacrificed. But sure, sure, sure. just like within the first 15 minutes, it's like these really cute dads. I mean, minus the part at the end, you know, <laughs> when it goes bad for him. <laughs> Old man Druid Quain is suddenly like has a bigger role in the show. It seems David Brady, a.k.a. Filch. <laughs> Is making a showing here. Hello. I love his character. Yeah. I mean, it's basically Filch, the <laughs> druid, but. He's um, like so much. He's so different. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Quain is like super wise and just like knows, knows shit and is like, I feel like very calm. Mm. That's like not Fine, Filch whatever, at all. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe it's just because they are the same person that I'm like, yeah. oh, it's Filch. Divis. He's gone from the outcast in season one, basically, to the guardian now in charge of Phelan. I feel like I just think about him and I laugh. Why? His character, like, he's just so silly. I just love him, yeah. Like, he, he's so dumb, mm-hmm. but he, like, thinks he's so smart. <laughs> like, well, he is smart. He think, well, he's smart. He thinks he's wise, and he's not. We'll get to it. <laughs> so... Basically, he's acting as a mentor to Phelan. I guess he's who's becoming a druid now. Yeah. I do enjoy the exchange between them as neither of them kind of understand why either of them are there. And that's so true. And like Divis doesn't want to be there and Phelan's like, okay, like whatever. So it's just kind of like a funny combination. I said their partnership is all all I've ever wanted. Sure. I just like. You just didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know I wanted it. And then they interacted like one time in season two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is such a great combination. It actually and is. Then, and then they like parted ways. And I was like, no. And now they're back together. And <laughs> uh, now we move to Anya, who is working for Baron. She Can has- I just say, loving the new eye makeup, yes. new season, new look, uh-huh. Anya is like, I am fully realized as yeah, a druid, amazing. and that means that my eye makeup needs, like, you know, a revamp. 100%. I was like, <laughs> her face paint is amazing. She, she looks amazing. Um, should I consider this look? I don't know. Like, my kids would love it, and they're, like, For the sure. only people I see. So, yeah. All right. Just want um, other people see you. I think you're good. <laughs> Anyways, Willa, who's this creepy druid lady who's now with Rome – now in bed with Rome. Anyways, basically, they decide that the two dudes, Varen and Alice, are going to meet during the next full moon. They go and tell their guys this. They they get, The guys get ready. They go out to meet each other. Meanwhile, Lucius is kind of, like, keeping an eye on things and watching Alice as he goes out to meet Varen. This part is boring. It's basically just powerful dudes peacocking, although I love the pigeon trick that Varen does. <laughs> Where they change color and then fly off. It's a nice touch. Okay, so I have a quote from the scene. The quote is, you think you understand this game, Rome? Think again. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the Varen to Alice. Sure. Sure. Which I just thought that was funny. That's all. Yeah, it's all very dramatic. Varen, let's see. Alice wants to make an offer in exchange for Kate, and Varen is, like, not having it. He's like Varen seems to know Lucka is getting angry that Olus doesn't have Kate yet and tells him that she's getting stronger by the day. They don't really come to any agreement and Varen just kind of disappears. Mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, Lucius is like watching from the sidelines, looking perplexed. Which I'm like, same. I I'm remember also perplexed. Lucius being there, but let's just breeze he past. He certainly that. was. <laughs> um, cut to the druid campsite. Divis is approaching Felin or Quant. Now I'm not sure like what we should call him now that his name has changed. Isn't it Qu- Quant, sorry. Quant. Mm-hmm. I I vote for Felin because I just like that name I so much too. better, and that's like what we know him as. Yeah. So he's training to be a druid, whatever that really means. But I love that Divis is like basically just what happened with us. Like he's like, quant, quant. <laughs> and Phelan is like, I think that's how you say it. I don't, I don't know. Um, he didn't make it up. Um, <laughs> but he seems fine with it. So Phelan's like, are you my mentor? And Divis is like, no, not at all. Don't even think about that. And then even though he obviously is. And then my favorite part of the episode which is divis wearing a, a basket hat like it's like a hat with two baskets on the side this is what like when you were talking about him earlier yeah and you were just like is he smart i don't know but it's like he is smart but it's like he also wears hats with baskets in them but like takes it really seriously, takes it really seriously. like it's like there's no humor there at all <laughs> Which makes it even funnier. For sure. And then suddenly we see a dark carriage ominously approaching the Roman camp, but we're not sure who it is yet. It's a temple. Okay. You probably don't remember that. Nope. Then we see Vetus. Is that how you say it? I think so. Aulus's main dude. Like the head Mm -hmm. head of the, what is it called? There's a word I can't remember. Um, It's what Lucius used to be. Yeah. Like commander that's not it assistant commander nope (laughs) (laughs) certainly not it basically vetus and amina kind of start discussing betraying alice so amina is like what do you think of me and he's like either you're made of stone or you're planning something and then he joins her on these plans mostly because i feel like he saw she saw him let lucius in to get the sword oh so yeah. she kind of knew that he was already like cracking in terms of his loyalty to alice yeah but that's really interesting that you because i was like what is she doing like this feels like very risky to like go to like alice's number two and be mm-hmm. like hey let's take let's take him down let's like that come. seems like oh you're gonna get killed like mm-hmm. you should not do that but that's a great point that she basically is like, oh, I know that you let Lucius in. Yeah. And so I know that, like, you're open to this idea. Because I, sure. I didn't pick up on that as much, I guess. Yeah. There, I guess I was surprised that it happened so fast in the season that she's just like, we're going to kill him. Mm. Now you kind of know why they did that. Yeah, that's true. Um... But I still don't get it. Like, is she loyal to the Druids? Or is she just loyal to herself? No. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me, like, why she wants to she kill him. She hates the Druids, I think. And but she uses them. their magic. Basically, it kind of seems like she's, like, seducing Vetus, too. Yeah, that it's weird. Which, like, I was into it, but, like... Mm. <laughs> it was short-lived, I couldn't so. tell if he was. No, I don't think he was. Okay. But... Like, I was into the two of them. Like, I was like, go for it. He seems, Get like, it. too sweet for her. But Oh, no, he's, like, yeah. I mean, he's not sweet, probably, isn't what I would use. But okay. he's, like, 
a better person. Yeah, for sure. Even though he's kind of on the wrong side of history. Yeah, but like he was kidnapped. Yeah. His parents were murdered. So it's kind of like to be a Roman and he was. Yeah. But I guess like she just gets like a lot of power from being Alice's mistress. And like I so I just don't quite get her angle. Like, do you think it's why not just make it work for for, like taking over and like basically he's the reason her family but her family was already like estranged from her. Well, I think she doesn't really care about her family. She only cared about her daughter. Oh, so I think maybe he, so she the is like, I'm maybe a revenge yeah, on him true. for basically forcing that truth to come out and my daughter killing herself. Okay, that's fair. She asks him about his god from when he was a child who protected him. And he was like, it was a goddess. Her name is Sekhmet. They start some kind of ritual with smoke and fur pelts and he's flashing back to his childhood, but then... Hempel makes her grand entrance. They hear the ruckus and go outside to see Hempel arrive in a badass black dress with a mask. And her and Amina kind of lock eyes, and you just kind of know that it's not going to go well for Amina um, at that point. Or anyone, really. Hempel's just terrifying. Yeah. Then we're back in the woods with Quant, who befriends a caterpillar and reflects on the idea of gods, old gods, new gods. What happens to the old gods when new ones come in, you know? Truly, I love seeing him philosophize with a basket hat on his head. It is the kind of content I'm here for. Yes. He's fully committed. Yeah. Back to the depressing shit. Alice is clearly upset that Hempel has shown up unannounced, his wife. He's got some PTSD, clearly, about the death of his son. And some flashbacks happen that I don't really want to talk about, but it comes out that they did eat him. Mm -hmm. Her acolytes kind of come in and just, like, penetrate the Roman camp, and they're just, like, doing jazz hands around the camp, (laughs) I feel like. (laughs) Bringing lots of flashy... Flamboyant. Flamboyancy. Energy. To the, like roman soldier yeah vibe that was there before mm-hmm. so i'm not gonna complain i wasn't mad about that sure. um hempel on the other hand is a nightmare uh she was doing a lot of weird sniffing oh my gosh that was for a while something else yeah i think I it's not in, i did not like it yeah no i was like it felt silly and yeah she's like terrifying so it just like didn't go together but i guess like the show is like very like comedic i guess so i guess it kind of makes sense but it was also just like this is stupid yeah like, she's unhinged she silly doing that unhinged basically she's like smelling the curse that amina and vitas were concocting from what i understand she berate yeah. she berates alice for a while about how he's failed she basically insults him a bunch calls him fat which i hate it's like why do we have to be fat phobic you know also he's yeah. And he's also not. not fat. She basically insults him, tells him how upset Locket is that he hasn't got Kate yet. I don't really know how she knows all of this. Like, it's kind of a stretch for me she that she would like just she... be aware of Kate and that he hasn't got her yet and all this stuff. Like, she just arrived and, like, knows everything. It seems to me like she is, like, a higher rank than him, like, mm-hmm. with Locka. Like, she's more sure. in the know like she's more powerful than him or something or like has yeah. a higher position or I something guess. like that yeah well and it comes out that she 
she clearly works for Laka and that she chose Alice to serve Laka. So their marriage seems largely based on that, mm. from my opinion. We get a short break from all of that drama. We see Divis and Phelan meet up. Phelan couldn't find any of the herbs. That <laughs> well, he was talking to that. The caterpillar. Caterpillar about, like, philosophy. So he yeah. kind of was busy. That's what I said. Too busy philosophizing, <laughs> it seems. He could, But he did find Kate. So Divis locks eyes with Kate. And it seems like they haven't really connected since, like, their last encounter. So it's yeah, kind of for like, sure. oh, shit. And she, like, obviously doesn't want to talk to him. Then we're back to the bickering with Alice and Hempel. He seems genuinely terrified of her. Or maybe I'm just projecting and I'm just terrified of her. But... <laughs> Um, like, I feel like he's going to pee his pants. He tries to tell her about, like, his successful conquests. And then they almost kiss. It gets, like, weird. <laughs> and then she's, like, sniffing everything and goes to the bed and to, like, where the curse took place. Yeah. And she's, like, she has, like, magic psychic powers, I guess. And can that smell real quick. I was, like, how are we going to plot at all this season if she just, like, is so easily able to like sniff it out yeah it's like it feels like nobody would have a chance to like do anything under her nose which is like (laughs) under her nose (laughs) um which is just like that's not fun well they wouldn't be able to use magic but i guess i guess there's other ways yeah that's true blaine so we cut to like blaine bullying vetus and in like a hallway somewhere with like his people and Mm -hmm. And then he touches him with two fingers, which is creepy. Don't let those people touch you. Yes, That's something I've learned from this episode. Or take, like, a piece of your hair. Yeah. He says he had a dream about him and that he was a snake. And Vetus is, like, clearly not happy and storms away. Meanwhile, Hempel is asking where Lucius is, his old perfectus. That's the word. Perfectus. Yep. Yep. That's a... That's... Assistant commander. Um, assistant that's like another word assistant. for that. Assistant yeah. to the assistant. Yeah. Manager. She calls him Bamcha. I don't know what that is. Bamcha. She calls Lucius Bamcha? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, I, I don't know what that is, but um, maybe that'll come out later. He tells her that she sh- he was shipped home, which is an obvious lie. He. You think it's obvious to her? Um, Maybe. I don't know. Not a lot gets by her. I know. Like, she probably already knows where he is. Um, He also lies that his sword is getting engraved, but then her acolyte brings him his sword, and she's like, oh, he found this in a tree stump. Yeah, that was a bad look. Yeah, Yeah, just don't lie to her. Like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. She knows everything already. (laughs) Clearly. So, you're dumb. They send for Amina. Hempel wants to chat. Chit-chat with her friend Amina. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Kate is chilling with Varen in a tent. This is my favorite scene. Well, you know, if it's not this exact scene, it's like soon, whenever okay. whenever the thing happens. Sure, sure, sure. I, of course, immediately am like, danger girl, get out of that tent. Really? Well, you know, like a young girl and a creepy old guy. Oh. You're just kind of like, beware. I wasn't, you know? I wasn't thinking that at all. It turns out she can hold her own. You don't have, like, that true crime vibe of being, like... Voib. Voib. Of being, like, <laughs> don't go in the creepy tent with an old dude. Obviously... 101. That's a good point, but, like... She can kill people? I don't see Varen as, like... You don't think Varen's creepy? I don't think he's, like, interested in her in that way. 
Like, I, he's bigger. What is he interested in? I just... You think he is? I don't know. I see him as, like, uh, he wants what's best for her and is, is prote- a protector for her in a way. I don't know. He he looks at her weird, but whatever. Really? I think so. I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Why, I don't know why. Like, uh, the Varen, to me, is, like, a good... Like Interesting. Good okay. person. Like, good is uh, too simple, but, like, I don't see him as, like, oh, I'm worried about him being with her alone. Okay. Go ahead. Go in a tent with him. Do it. I mean... <laughs> Gross. No, not like that. No, like, I know, but... Could he, like, tell me about my future and stuff? He doesn't know anything. <laughs> okay. He seems nice. He talks about how she's getting wiser but still has much to learn. She tells him his story, like how he became the Varen and how he was lost and forced to do this job because it was, you know, the right path and and he didn't choose it and he kind of looks upset. We're back at the Roman camp. Amina enters Alice's room to meet Hempel. How do you like my husband's cock? She's psycho. Great quote. Who is a friend and who is a snake? Blaine comes and lets Hempel smell his two fingers <laughs> that he touched Vetus with. And she that. tells um she basically goes up to Amina after that and is like says the line that she said to Vetus. Like like Hempel says the line yes. that Amina had said to Vetus privately yep. during, you know, their betrayal of Alice. Yep. So there's clearly, like, magic going on there. And Amina is, like, shit her pants, basically, yeah. after that. Now we're cutting back to Kate telling Varen um, she was afraid of love, but it was when she found it that it changed her. And she knew, finally knew what it was to be herself. And now that's all she wants. And she's still obviously dealing with the heartbreak of, like, what's the kid's name? Oh, God. Is it Malin? Yeah. Malin dying. Thielen and Davis chat about his part in kind of like how Thielen killed love. I call him love, but Melon. It's Malin, but let's just call him love. Love. Yeah. Rip love. Rip love. Um, Beautiful, beautiful man. But that's what brought her to them. So, you know, in a way it was meant to be. Vetus. We're back to Vetus. Um, he gets taken away by Blaine and his goonies. Not a good sign for him. Yeah, yikes. Varen and Kate, she wants to know her name, I guess. Yeah, she claims. Is that like her name, like her druid name? Yeah, she never got her druid name, if that's, oh, that's the right, right phrase. Okay. Like during her naming ceremony. When she, she never got, yeah, the naming ceremony. You, This is, no, I know. She's a girl with no name and no home. Come on. But where did Kate come from? Was that her old name? Yeah. Okay. He says she's not ready, which I'm like, well, she was going to get it before the Romans came in and ruined her naming ceremony. Or was she? The Maybe Romans not. were always meant to storm okay. it. Got it. Got you it. know, if you think sure. about it in that way. Okay. <laughs> Flash to the vow renewal party of Alice and Temple. They're like, we're so in love. We're going to renew our vows <laughs> and also eat this person they're gonna have a feast and it's vetus cooked like a pig wow uh, it's disgusting i was shook yeah i was like oh bye vetus like i really liked your character yeah, i guess like, you're what? gone that sucks 
And the look of utter shock and disgust on Amina and Alice's faces are, like, epic, which you'd expect nothing less. Yeah. Cut back to Varen. Varen's, like, leaning in, whispering in her ear. And then Kate, like, grabs a knife behind her and, like, slits his throat and Uh says, Fuck the gods. My name is Kate. (laughs) Good for her. Yes, bitch. What? Yes, bitch. Are you for real? Yes, bitch. That's how you feel? I don't know. Like, why is he trying to control her life? Like, she can be who she wants. Like, I wrote, what the fuck, Kate? Is Varen dead? Everyone is dropping like flies. <laughs> They're all dropping. Don't you think it's bullshit that she's just, like, being used as a pawn in these, like, stupid-ass, like, old dude drama that she doesn't even care about? Why does she have to go through all this shit? Her oh, dad is I don't is know, to gone. save the entire Britannia? Oh, for <laughs> she slices Varen's neck and bolts out of there. She's like heads for the woods. And then we Peace. shoot back to Hempel eating uh, Hempel and all the Romans eating a person and she's like, Shall I be mother? <laughs> Which what? I don't even get what that means. What? But sure. Like if you want to be mother, you could. Um, she's nuts. (laughs) And that's where it ends. I would say that I did want to say that the music is really good. Like, I like, like, it's like electric organ type music that feels like carnival-ish almost, which really, like, aligns with what's happening here. And it perfectly frames the madness going on on the screen. Like, who eats people? You know, like, did Romans really eat people? I don't know. I need to, like, look into that. Double worshippers, probably devil worshippers so well, is that what Laka sorry is? demon worshippers so that's what Laka Laka's is. a demon okay they're into some dark shit so shall I be now- mother <laughs> what no how did sense. I forget that like that's I just literally like, how that episode ends so now that we've finished the recap it's time for us to say who our chosen one mm-hmm. and our soul of the episode is. Okay. Basically, how we view this segment, the chosen one, is someone who basically won the episode. So, like, they were they succeeded in what they were trying to do in the episode. Mm-hmm. And we can have different takes on that. You know, you can be like, I chose this person for a different reason. I just... Sure. Whatever. But that's how generally it works. Yeah. So, for... Season three, episode one. My chosen one is Hempel. Not because I like her, but because she's terrifying mm. and she sniffed out the traitors right away. So I don't like her, but she definitely won the episode. She definitely got, she, you know, sniffed out the traitors. She killed one of them. Mm. She basically caught all this, like every lie he told. Okay. And, you know, she took charge. Yeah. Call me mother. You know, like she. (laughs) She's the mother. We don't know why that's her being in charge, but it is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So my chosen one was a toss up between Kate, who obviously did what she felt she needed to do. You obviously don't think it was the right choice because you're in love with Varen, but like (laughs) the Varen. But like she was like, I will not be told what my name is. My name is Kate. You know, so fuck the gods. Um, And also, 
I just feel like maybe Phelan really won the episode because he was like hanging out with a caterpillar in the woods <laughs> the whole time. And just didn't care at all that he didn't do with what he was supposed hat to do. On. Like, so maybe that. Like, yeah. if I was going to be in this episode, like that would be the role that I would want. Sure. Just seems like the most fun. For sure. So it's possible he also won the episode. Yeah. We love an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Like whenever. Whenever we possible. Want those, let's throw them in. So the arsehole of the episode is for me just the person who like really pisses me off and who I am just annoyed with. Okay. And for me it's Kate. Um so we have very opposite Obviously. answers. I said, Why did you do that to the Baron, you dumb bitch? <laughs> <laughs> um so we just had just different takes. We on weren't that. aligned. No. Um I I don't I guess like I'm not like anti druids. I'm not either. Which I feel like she very much is. And I'm like feeling like what's your strategy, hun? Like what's your plan here? Yeah. What's going on? Cuz she, she, she her vibes are not I'm not feeling her vibes at the moment. Okay. I'm feeling like she's got an attitude problem. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like her. <laughs> Like I'm fine with an attitude problem, but I'm I'm not feeling this one. Yeah. I think she's a little lost. Yeah. For but, sure. Yeah. Teens be cray. Mm-hmm. The hormones. The arsehole of the episode for me was probably Blaine. Like just with the two fingers thing. Like, do we have to do that? Like I just really stop. Don't, I don't like his boy behavior. Yeah, it was awful. Just, you know, like I want to like him and I think maybe I will like him later, but I just, right now I'm just, I, I got the ick. That's interesting. I get that the you ick. think you're going to like him. I don't know. I don't know that that's true. But, you know, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's now time to move on to our final segment and discuss what has enchanted us this week. So that's just, this is kind of just like our fun little wrap up. Yeah. Like what, what album, what podcast, what movie, what TV show, what thing brought you happiness this week? I've been watching The Expanse. I just really love it. I have a thing for Holden, like the one of the main guys. I just really am into that whole situation happening yeah. there. I say, yeah, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. He's just like really great. And I just love the whole concept of space travel. Like we grew up on Star Trek Next Generation, like watching it with our dad. um, I did. You grew up on that. You weren't born yet. Um, (laughs) And so I just love a good space movie or space TV show because like I've always. Nostalgic. But like I also like really want to like go to space. So. Oh, yeah. No, I'll pass. But <laughs> it's so, it's just really interesting. It's all about, like, for anyone who doesn't know what The Expanse is, it's, like, in the future and Mars is pe- – like, humans now live on Mars. And then there's also humans that live out, like, in the asteroid belt. They're called belters. And, like, people – like, almost, like, separate human races have kind of been developed because of living in such different environments. And then it's, like, kind of wars that happen – in space it's really well known to sci-fi people and they love it and there's like books and stuff 
and I'm just wow. really enjoying it. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take a hard left turn. <laughs> I'm going to, this is an ode to a show called The Summer House. It's just called Summer House, not The Summer House. It's a Bravo show. Libby's like gearing herself up for judgment, right? Mm-hmm. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. But basically, I'm like not a huge reality show person unless it's like, well, the past two years have been a different yeah. story. Mm-hmm. The pandemic have changed, has You've changed made some me. choices. Yeah. And I, you know what? Your tone tells yep. me that you're no. judging me, but no. I just want you to know I don't care. Mm-hmm. Okay. But basically, the past, I don't know, month, I've been like binging the show called Summer House. Mm. And it's like these rich New Yorkers every summer, every weekend, they go up to the Hamptons, they rent a house, and they just party. Okay. I know this sounds terrible in concept, yeah. but in reality, it's amazing television. And it's just, like, all of these people yelling at each other all the time, like, drunk and, like, fighting. Do you, like, wish you were there? Is it, like, a thing where you're, like, oh my I God. wish that was Do you me? know how much I do never – I never want to meet these people in my life. Okay, like, I awful. would hate them in real life. Mm-hmm. I would not get along with them. We would not have the same lifestyles. Literally opposite sides of the lifestyle spectrum. spectrum. Sure. But – Do you love judging them? I love – I love judging them. I love judging them. And I also love – loving them for their flaws you know what mm. i mean like they all they're all special in their own way like the gifts of imperfection with like Brene yeah, Brown. Yeah. okay for sure it's like mm. totally that deep mm-hmm. um one of them Lindsay, like basically just screams at people all the time um <laughs> and she's absolutely batshit but you know she's also like a strong independent woman you know mm. like she has her own business <laughs> fake boobs that she talks about a lot <laughs> Um, and she yells at people a lot cool. and that's fun. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's kind of, her. yeah, it's just kind of like a group of friends, like dating each other. And then like the women always getting mad at the guy for like not being committed to them, even though they aren't committed to each other. And like, they're all like, you know, dating and having sex and then yelling at each other. It's great. It's a huge escape okay. for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's I think just you're cut off. taken over my life. This okay. Is, yeah. Um, so there's a new season coming out right now, week to week. So that's pretty exciting. That recap comes next week. <laughs> JK, um, I would never watch that. And you didn't make me. <laughs> that's it. That's been uh, my life, and it's been great. Well, that wraps it up for our first episode. Thanks for listening to Sister Susaga. And remember, hope is the small daughter of a blind father. See you next time. Bitches. Bitches. <laughs> Could you also do the New Zealand accent at some point? No. There you go.